22nd, 2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Chet, Major League Baseball is full steam ahead, with the Phillies opening up Friday night against the Marlins in an empty Citizens Bank Park. The NBA is in or the Orlando bubble, not without their own controversy. The NHL is moving forward just 11 days from the first puck drop. And the NFL seems to be a mess as teams are scheduled to report to training camp. Not much good out of all this, except I think we're going to have baseball in a couple nights. Yeah, there are some issues for sure, Bill. And, hey, you didn't even mention the fact that Carter Hart left a scrimmage early yesterday with some kind of injury, hopefully nothing serious. But on the bright side, we are getting closer to a return of all the major sports and that includes, yeah, Phillies playing games that count in just a couple of days. So that is a good thing. Yes, it is. And uh, we've got a great guest tonight in the PA voice of the Phils. Dan Baker is going to be joining us. And uh, it's going to be interesting to get Dan's take on doing his job in an empty stadium. <laughs> well, Bill is, uh, or Dan is here, Bill. So he's chomping at the bit, not necessarily to talk to us. but and Ready for the season to finally start. Thank you, Bill and Chad. Uh yeah, last year uh, uh, was a disappointment for me uh, health-wise. Um, uh, I missed a total of 14 games uh, last year uh, out of 81. Uh, I felt fortunate that I was able to do 67 uh, with a, an oral and sinus uh, infection that I was battling. Uh, but um, when I missed a game last year for the first time, um, that was the uh, first time that uh, I had missed a game since uh, May of 2003 at Veterans Stadium. And uh, uh, I've uh, been very proud of the fact that uh, I have a very good attendance record for all the, of course, I love doing it. Who wouldn't want to be there for every game? Uh, but I've done a, you know about 4,000 games uh, since starting in 72. And uh, up until last year, for the first 47 years, Bill and Chet, that I was lucky enough to do the public address announcing for the Phillies, uh, I only I, I missed a total of 15 games over those 47 years. And uh, last year, uh, I, I missed uh, 14 games. So I missed almost as many games last year in one year as I had the entire 47 years previously. And uh, so I'm, I'm still battling this oral sinus infection. But uh, thankfully, uh, I have, I'm in the care of some very good doctors. And uh, although I think, it, you know, uh, you know, the days of me having perfect attendance every year, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that, but, you know, with, with this health challenge. Uh, but uh, uh, what, a, what a privilege it is uh, to uh, announce Phillies baseball, first at Veterans Stadium and now at Citizens Bank. Well, speaking of privileges, uh, right off the bat, Dan, Bill and I want to thank you for the amazing introduction that you did for us about 15 months ago. And I don't know how well you were able to hear it, but we've been using it ever since. We love it. Sounds great, as we expected it would. Thank you, Chet. It's an honor for me to do that. Awesome. 
awesome. Hey, this is an unusual summer for all of us, but for you certainly, as you said, unlike the past 47, 48 years, you've been off essentially all year from your gig at the mic at the ballpark. How strange is it to not have had to go to the ballpark, you know, 15, 16 times every month this summer? Strange uh, <laughs> and uh, disappointing. Uh, and uh, not just for me, but for all of us, uh, especially in these challenging times, uh, Chet and Bill, in which we live today, uh, you know, you needed diversion. We've always needed diversions. Uh, you know, you think of some of the crises that uh, 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 our ancestors had to go through, you know, World War One, World War Two, the Korean War. Uh, you know, we, we've always uh, look at the, you know, the depression, uh, you know, it's, it's always helped people to have a diversion like professional sports or, or, or something that can take their mind off uh, some of the difficulties of everyday life. And I, and I think uh, with the coronavirus threat hanging over our head and, uh, you know, social injustice, uh, uh, you know, coming to the forefront, you know, these are really challenging times. And, uh, and hopefully we're going to address you know these problems in the right way and uh, and I think one of the things that uh, can help help uh, reduce our anxiety and uh, increase our fun along the way is uh, college and professional sports high school sports I mean uh, you, you when you don't have it then you realize how much you miss it hey Dan I know from being at enough games and hearing you for many years you get excited about every game as well, and and also the big events that take place with the uh, the Wall of Fame nights and things like that. That that really even up it more. Um, what's it going to be like to be in an empty stadium? And first of all, where the fans and the piano aren't going and all the noise, and uh, and, and also not having a chance to do some of those special events that the Phils do every year. Well. Um... Being at the ballpark, Bill and Chet, every night is a privilege. And uh, I never forget for a moment how fortunate I am uh, to be able to uh, announce those games. And I'm a Phillies fan through and through. And have, I was born in 1946. Uh, first game I attended it was in 1954 at Connie Mack Stadium uh, with my dad. And uh, went to many games with my brother at Connie Mack Stadium. In that infamous year of 1964, uh, uh, you know, I, I probably went to, you know, 20 or 30 home games, you know, as a fan. And uh, I just loved it, seeing that green grass and uh, baseball. I, I was a pretty good athlete as, as a, a young man, and uh, uh, I enjoyed that very much. And, and my gosh, did I love Phillies baseball. And are you guys too young to remember Warriors basketball, the Philadelphia Warriors in the late 1940s and 19, actually through 1962? It was 62, and Wilkes scored his 100 points. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little too young for that. Just, just, just a, a, just a years, little. Yeah. A All right. Well, well I, uh, I grew up a big Warriors fan uh, and, of course, a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. And a fan of all the big five schools and Drexel and, and uh, even the Division twos and threes. In fact, I, I played a couple of years of, ba of basketball at then Glassboro State. When I say I played a couple of years, uh, I was on the JV team. I was captain of the JV as a sophomore. Uh, 
uh, and I suited varsity as a sophomore. Uh, in my last two years, I actually got a job in the mailroom at Channel 48, the old WKBS TV Channel 48 at 3201 South 26th Street. And I got a lot of great experience there. I, that's where I met Stu Nahan. You know, he, he was sure. the play-by-play the -play guy in the Rocky movies, and and he uh, he was one of the Flyers' first announcers, if you yep. remember, play-by-play yep. -play announcers. And, uh, and Stu did a lot of college football and basketball, and I worked with him, and he introduced me to a lot of uh, NFL announcers, and I worked with them, uh, you know, as a spotter. Um, uh, it, it's just a, a joy, to, you know, to do the games and... Uh, you know, growing up in Philadelphia, I had a chance to, uh, you know, get involved with a lot of sports. Um, you were observing my Big Five banner here in, in my den at home. And, of course, I had the privilege of doing a radio play-by-play -play for Big Five basketball for 21 years, from 1977 through 1998. And then uh, broadcast the Drexel Dragons for uh, uh, 12 years of following uh, Actually, for uh, about uh, another 15 years of following uh, that uh, through 2012. And uh, uh, once upon a time, did play by play for Penn football and Temple football. And, um, you know, I, I did PA at many. I, I filled in for Dave Zinkoff at the Sixers. I filled in for Lou Nolan at the Flyers. Uh, and, of course, I did the Eagles for 29 years. And, uh, you know, I, I felt that was a great privilege also. Yeah, we've had uh, Lou Nolan on here several times and Matt Cord once. So, uh, yeah, we know a lot of those guys well. Hey, I want to ask you, with no fans in the stands for the games, are you still going to have that enthusiasm in your voice stand that we're so used to hearing when you're announcing, especially the hometown Phillies players? You're not going to mail in, are you, Dan? Oh, no, I'm never going to mail it in. Uh, I on, on the other hand, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not the type of announcer anyway, uh, Chet, and Bill, uh, that, uh, you know, screams and yells. I mean, I, I try to emote. And I think one of the things, uh, you know, being a big Philadelphia sports fan my whole life, I think I know when to emote and when not to emote. You know, uh, the uh, public speaker who uh, is uh, not very polished, who comes off in a monotone level, uh, is... Uh, you know, is, is not a good speaker. But neither neither is the uh, announcer, in my view, who screams all the time, almost to the point of you can't understand what he's saying. Because, I, you know, you mentioned Lou Nolan, you mentioned Matt Cord. Uh, you know, one of the things that we're all aware of, and I, I think we all have a little showmanship in this, is uh, we have a service to provide those fans. We have information to provide. And uh, if we're not saying the names in a way that they can understand them, legibly, uh, then we're doing a disservice. So I, I'm very cognizant of that. And, and Chet, getting to your question, with no fans in the stands this year, I still have an obligation, an obligation to uh, the, the players, the team, uh, you know, to announce the names correctly. Uh, and uh, will I? yell the names to the high heavens well i don't know that i'll do it in a way that you might with a full house uh, but uh when when the phillies have a chance to score some runs I, it'll be evident that we're 
that they're playing at Citizens Bank Park. Right <laughs> hey, Dan, one of our one of our listeners uh, or watchers is uh, Andrew Bagley. Just sent a sent a message and said, "Quote." Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Citizens Bank Park in my best Dan Baker voice. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. All right. Well, hey, Dan, uh, talking about the Phils, it's kind of a new beginning, new manager, uh, short season. It's going to be a sprint instead of a marathon. Uh, how do you like the chances? I know you follow them every day. How do you like the Phils' chances in this short season? I like them. Uh, you know, we're, we're not getting uh, – a lot of encouragement uh, from the national media. Uh, I don't think uh, many of the national scribes see the Phillies as a playoff team this year, but I think they could be. Uh, I believe that uh, Joe Girardi is going to make a huge difference. Uh, you know, he did a great job uh, in 10 years as the manager of the New York Yankees, and uh, uh and he did a great job in one year as a manager of the Marlins. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's always had a certain command and knowledge. And uh, I believe that he's going to bring all that experience here to, to Philadelphia. And I think he's going to have the respect of the player. He has it right off the bat. And, you know, with his pedigree, you know, they, they respect him. They, they know what he's accomplished. And, uh, uh you know, uh, Brian Price, you know, the pitching coach. We have a really good coaching staff. Uh, not that we haven't had good managers and good coaches in the past, but, you know, there has to be a combination of talent on the field, you know, plus uh, a manager and coaches who know how to get the best uh, out of that talent. Well, I'm going to tell you, Brian Price, for me, is going to be one of the key guys for the Phillies this year because that's my main concern, that pitching staff. Um, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the starters beyond Nola and Wheeler. I'm really concerned about the bullpen, so hopefully Brian Price will get the job done. What do you see about this uh, pitching staff? Can they be a good staff? Well, you know, for years we've all been hoping that Vince Velasquez could turn the corner. Years. He certainly has an electric horn. Uh, but he's, uh, we also know that uh, almost every inning – he throws 20 pitches. Yes. Usually, you know, at, at the end of five innings, that's about it. Um, but he's been mixing up his pitches a lot more in uh, spring training this year and in summer camp. And uh, I, and I think there's the there's the influence, Chad, of uh, Brian Price, you know, and Joe Girardi both. Uh, and, uh, you know, Zach Wheeler has a real live arm. And, uh, you know, he's going to make a difference. Aaron Nola, you know, he's one of the top starting pitchers in baseball. And uh, he's proven that over the last several years. Um, so I think Zach Eflin is a guy, you know, who's going to come. And, you know, Jake Arrieta, uh, this is the third year of his three-year contract. And, uh, you know, he certainly wants to continue playing after this year. So, you know, he's got extra motivation, not only to, for the Phillies to do well, but you know, for him to get another contract. And, you know, he had that operation to remove bone spurs uh, at the end of last year. And, uh, you know, uh, I think those five starters could do a good job. Unfortunately, Chet and Bill, we're, we're in a very tough division. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Marlins are a good young team, but they're probably the only team in the division that's not a threat to win the NL East. Uh, but 
certainly, uh, you know, the Braves, the Nationals, the Mets, and the Philippines uh, all have a chance. And uh, uh, I think, and then the other part of it is, you know, that those teams will comprise 40 of the 60-game schedule that the Phillies face. The other 20 will be from the American League East. Yep. And, you know, when you're talking about two of the toughest divisions in baseball, the AL East and the NL East. So uh, it's, it's not going to be an easy schedule. Uh, but I, I think, uh, you know, the Phillies are going to hang in there. And I, I also don't think uh, – I heard Ben Davis say this on the telecast the other night, that he thought the NL East winner could uh, – uh, 32 wins might be enough to win the NL East. And, uh, and of course, he, uh, Ben was referring to uh, the uh, keen competition within the division. And, you know, if that's true, uh, you know, I would think the Phillies could be right in there for the end. Yeah. Well, hey, over on the offensive side, now you've gotten to see a lot of stars over your time. Uh, what do you think of the first uh, first impression of the first year of Bryce Harper? He sure seems like a Philly guy, says the right things, does the right things, and uh, had a pretty good year. Well, 35 and 114, Bill. I'll take that every year. You huh? bet. You bet. And, uh, and a slow start. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th- and I think he's a leader, you know, and uh, uh, I think he's going to keep pushing uh, the front office uh, to, to bring in the best players. We possibly can, uh, and uh, if that, that that's a move. To to the best of my knowledge, who have performed for fifty years or more. What do you think of the first uh, first impression of the first year of Bryce Harper? He sure seems like a Philly guy, says the right things, does the right things, and uh, had a pretty good year. Well, 35 and 114, Bill. I'll take that every year. You huh? bet. You bet. And, uh, and a slow start. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, and I think he's a leader, you know, and uh, uh, I think he's going to keep pushing uh, the front office uh, to, to bring in the best players. We possibly can, uh, and uh, if that, that that's a move that I think is going to pay a lot of dividends, uh, you know, over the course of uh, the uh, contract that, that Bryce Harper signed with the Phillies. He's a good player and brings a lot of enthusiasm, and uh, uh, I, I think you're going to see him hit for a better average, uh, and uh, but uh, and, and those numbers. 35 and 114 bill, which I said, I'll take those every year. I, I could see them improving upon those numbers in some years. Yeah. But the thing that surprised me, Dan, about, about Harper, that just having not seen him every night when he was at the nationals, just only when we played him is that he plays hard every single night. Um, you know, I think if there was a knock on him from visiting teams, it was, you know, he's a bit of a hot dog, a bit of a showboat kind of guy. That's not what I saw. I saw a guy busting it every night. And he played pretty good defense last year, Bill, in right field. Very good. Uh, whereas the, uh, Chet and the previous year uh, in Washington, you know, it, it, the metrics weren't so good. But uh, there, was so, there was no lack of effort uh, in the 2019 as the Phillies strength field. 
Hey, Jen, uh, it's only a two-month season, but it's your 49th season behind the mic. How special will it be to come back next year for season number 50? Well, it would be very special, Chet. Uh, the, uh, again, if I was only lucky enough to have one year, I would consider myself extremely privileged. Um, I, I don't know uh, historically how familiar you are with the, the seniority of some of the great PA announcers that have performed in Major League Baseball. Uh, but the two seniors are uh, Pat Piper of the Chicago Cubs, who performed for 59 years, 1916 through 1974, at Wrigley Field, and Bob Shepard, who performed for 57 years, 1951 through 2007, at Yankee Stadium. Uh, they're the only two, to the best of my knowledge, who have performed for 50 years or more. So if, the, if my health holds out and the Phillies will have me, uh, and uh, I announce at least two more years, that would put me uh, into some pretty select company uh, with the 50 years of service sure. as a Major League Baseball PA announcer. Wow. Well, hey, Dan, that, that's awesome, by the way. Uh, I do want to ask you, uh, because our, our listeners want to know, uh, everybody, everybody likes to hear that Mickey Moore and Deanie, um, call, but what's the favorite name that you've ever called? Is it Moore and Dean? Well, Mickey is certainly one of them. Number 12, second baseman, Mickey Moore and yeah. uh, Bill and Chet, the, the names which give me the most enjoyment to say. Uh, are the uh, polysyllabic names, the multiple syllables. And uh, the reason for that, of course, is that they lend themselves to a more melodic interpretation. Uh, one of my favorite names to say, and one of my favorite people over the years, now batting for the Phillies, number 53, right fielder Bobby Abreu. Uh, now, even though his last name uh, consists of only five letters. It has three syllables, so <laughs> with that. Um, and uh, you know, uh, I, I do a radio. I've done a radio show for the last twelve years uh, on WBCB fourteen ninety and, and ESPN six ten AM with my uh, good friend, one of the greatest sluggers in Philly's history, the Bull, number nineteen left fielder Greg Luzinski. And uh, Bill, either you or Chet alluded earlier. Uh, to one of the great uh, privileges that I have had uh, since uh, the unfortunate passing of the late, great Harry Callis. And that is uh, every year uh, at the Wall of Fame ceremony, I have the distinct honor of introducing the previous members of the Phillies Wall of Fame. And, uh, you know, to, to have them come out, you know, one at a time, and we always, of course, draw a big crowd you know, for alumni weekend and particularly for Wall of Fame night. And, uh, you know, to introduce Mike Schmidt, Steve Carlton, Greg Luzinski, Tony Taylor, who just passed away, yep. Dick Allen, you know, Charlie Manuel, uh, you know, and, uh, oh my gosh, you know, the fans just go crazy. And, uh, you know, what, what uh, a privilege it is, you know, to announce those names and hear the fan response you know it, it's it's just great 
uh, Bob Boone, Larry Bova, uh, you know, um, and, uh, you know, before too long, it'll be Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins. Good stuff, Dan. Oh, you just froze on us there, Dan. Um, come back, Dan. Come back. <laughs> Dan, if you can hear me, I wanted to ask you something else. Um, regarding the radio show, the Bull Session shows, if I'm not mistaken, you're doing those again back before a live audience. Is that right? I'm sorry. I only heard the last part of that. I... Yes, you're the Bull, uh, Bull Session oh. shows. You Are you back in, uh, in front of a live audience yet? No, Chet, we are not. Uh, we were supposed to do all of our shows. In fact, uh, for the first time, uh, thanks to uh, Merle Reese and the great staff up at WBCB, um, the Hard Rock Cafe at 12th and Market was going to host all of our shows. I mean, you know, we, we've been in the past at, at Chickies and Pete's, the Blue Bell Inn, yes. and, and at several Chickies and Pete's. We started out doing it on the Boulevard, you know, years ago, but we've also done it at Drexel Hill and uh, South Philadelphia, Egg Harbor. We've done it at, at a number of places and had a great deal of fun. Uh, and it's really nice. And you're referring to one of your fans and ours, Jane Fisher, uh, whose uh, uh, grandfather or great uncle, Jimmy Wilson, was a Phillies catcher. In fact, I think he might have been the, like the first Philly to appear in an All-Star game or something in 1933. Uh, and uh, but uh, it's it's nice to meet the fans, and uh, we miss that. We really miss that this year because we we've got um, uh, we've had some pretty good guests, and uh, we usually have you know two or three dozen. That may not sound like a lot of people, but that's that's not bad. And one of the reasons that you know the different restaurants and sports bars uh, are willing to sponsor us is that, you know, we'll bring a few people in and, you know, generate some excitement. And uh, usually on a Monday night, that's not one of the busiest nights. So it makes a lot of sense, you know, for a lot of reasons. And we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, but because of the coronavirus threat and the social distancing measures in place, uh, we haven't been able to do our shows live. Uh, instead, uh, we do it, I do it, uh, from you know my cell, my iPhone right here at home in West Deptford, New Jersey. Greg is usually on the phone and from his home in Bonita Springs, Florida, and uh, and then our guests you know wherever they are. Uh, we a couple of weeks ago we had one uh, Samuel on from the Dominican Republic. You remember Ray Culp? Were you guys too young to remember? Yeah, I remember Ray Culp. Yeah. Picture, yeah. Ray Culp from Austin, Texas, and Bobby Abreu from he's in Orlando, Florida now, and. Uh, we had Pete McCannon from uh, Arizona, uh, and uh, we had Dell Hunter from Arizona. We had Dick Allen from Wampum, PA. And, uh, you got Dick we, Allen? Yeah, we had Dick Allen. It's rare. Wow. It, you know, Ray Culp doesn't do a lot of interviews. Yeah, Dick Allen doesn't do many interviews. That's great. Well, yeah, hey, I, hey, Dan, I, I was going to ask you, uh, you mentioned Dick Allen, and that's exactly what I was going to hit you with with my final question. Uh before, obviously, you didn't work for the Phillies at the time, but you were a Phillies fan, and a lot of discussion about Dick Allen in the Hall of Fame, and hopefully this is the year. Uh, what's your remembrance of Dick Allen, and are you uh, are you on the Dick Allen for the Hall of Fame train? I sure am. Uh, Mark Carfagno uh, 
heads up that uh, committee, and Mark has worked so enthusiastically for so many years yeah. to try to bring attention to uh, Dick's wonderful career. You know, he just missed a couple of years ago in a vote by the Veterans Committee, missed by one vote getting into the Hall of Fame. But I, I did have the privilege of announcing Dick Allen in his second tour. Of That's right, yeah. 74, Back. 75, 75, right? Yeah. 75 and 76. Yeah. And uh, uh, 74 and 75 are the Flyers Stanley Cups. Right. <laughs> yes, they uh, were. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, so those are special years to us. And, uh, and they're etched in my memory, too. Um, but uh, uh, the Dick Allen, who came back in 75 and 76, was a, guy, was a batter still to be feared at the plate. But he was not the Dick Allen that I remember. Seeing you know sixty four through sixty nine at Connie Mac Stadium, when you know you didn't want to miss an at bat of his, because every every Dick Allen at bat uh, could end up with a home run over the Coke sign on top of the roof in left field. I mean, he just had tremendous power. He swung the largest bat in the big leagues, uh, and. Uh, the numbers that he put up over a 10-year period from like 64 through 74 matched anybody in that era. Willie Mays, Roberto Clemente, Hank Aaron, Willie McCovey, Orlando Cepeda. Uh, you, you look at Dick, uh, Mickey Mantle, you know, Armin Killebrew. You look at all the... Froze again. Dan froze. Dan froze on us again. Hey, Dan, uh, so we can get you right back. I have one final question for you. Um, unfreeze, please, Dan. There, there we go. You, there you go. Yeah, you froze a little bit there. I, I have one final question for you, though. This is pretty neat. Back in the spring, Tops put out an opening day series of cards, even though opening day didn't actually happen. And the series included a Dan Baker card. That's pretty cool. Nice little thrill, I would think. Thank you. It really was. Um, uh, the picture that they used uh, was uh, provided by the Phillies, and uh, that was at one of those Wall of Fame ceremonies. And uh, uh, I like to think, I, I'm pretty stoic in that one, Chet. Uh, and, uh, nor, and most people who see me at the ballpark uh, will, I think, observe a smile, because I am so happy in that element. Oh, yeah. You mean. And so... That is a rare photo of me in this, you know, very serious uh, uh, countenance. And, and uh, uh, so I, I might have chosen a different photo. But I'll tell you this. Uh, uh, I'm very grateful for the honor. Um, Bob Shepard, I believe, uh, was the first PA announcer to be honored with his own uh, baseball card by Topps. I think that occurred around 2005 or something like that. And uh, this year, uh, they were kind enough to include me, and uh, they included the uh, female PA announcer for the San Francisco Giants. And uh, so, uh, you know, that I, I thank you for acknowledging that, and uh, you know, I'm very proud of that. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, Dan, I think we have about run out of time. Uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us nothing but the best of health most importantly to you and uh getting back to the ballpark on friday i'm sure is going to be great but uh most importantly stay healthy and let's get that 50 years 
Thank you, Bill, and thank you, Chet. All right, Dan. Thank you. Take care. All right, Chet, let's take a quick break and thank our sponsor, Allstate Insurance in Westchester. If you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. Allstate Insurance in Westchester. Yes, we do, Bill. One of the best benefits of having an Allstate insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Westchester, Pennsylvania. That is 610-430-0700. Again, 610 430 Oh, 700. And Bill, I just want to say Merry Christmas in July. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Very nice. Christmas in July. Well, hey, Chet, uh, let's talk a little hoops. Sixers have their final 17 player roster pretty well set. Um, geez, more than ever everyone on the roster is going to be important i think this year because of the whole coronavirus situation guys could get sick um you know they could lose guys um everybody's going to be important what do you think about it and do you like this roster there's a lot of guys on the the final five six seven that you might not have heard of i do like the roster actually and i hope it doesn't come to you know the fact that they would get down to the guys you know 13th 14th on the roster I don't want to see them. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they stay pretty much COVID-free, and that's so far they're doing pretty well with that, the Sixers and the rest of the NBA, as far as the most recent testing. Uh, I really want to see them stick to an eight- or nine-man rotation, and as I said, never get to those 12, 13, 14 guys. And I also want to see Ben Simmons and a few 12-foot jumpers. I would love that. I would be thrilled. I can't wait for basketball to get back. Well, there's, you know, I mean, I think it's been big news out of camp. If there's anything, it's a Every night you get to see highlights of Ben Ben throwing up threes, and uh, he actually looks pretty darn smooth doing it. He does. We've been that, down that road before, though. You know, we've been teased by these videos that get leaked out there between games. Fans who go to the games, like our old buddy Freddie Burns, they see him shooting them before the game, but he's only made two in an actual game in his three-year career. So, he sounds like he might actually be willing to do it in games right now. He's kind of getting prodded by some teammates and uh, even some of the other guys from other teams in the bubble. So I think we're going to see him, maybe not three-pointers, but at least those 12 to 14-foot jumpers, and I would love to see it. I also want to see you know, what he's going to be uh, doing in his new role, playing the, the power forward, essentially. As we discussed previously, he's a quick guy, so he's going to be able to move in and out of there and get open and hopefully, you know, get hit with passes from Shake Milton or uh, Josh Richardson, whoever has the ball, and get some points that way. So I'm excited to see this new lineup that uh, Coach Brett Brown is trying out here as we move right into the final leg of the season and then the playoffs. Yeah, it seems like things have been a, a- – overall a little quiet maybe because reporting's a little different being in the bubble and you know you just don't have the access that you, you normally have but uh joel Embiid is not usually quiet and he's been kind of quiet and that might be 
be a good thing. Maybe that's uh, because he's more focused than usual. I hope that is the case. And, uh, you know, he's in his limited interviews, he has said all the right things. He's, he's confident that he and Ben can play together. It's going to be good. I saw Al Horford interviewing the other day. Al, you know, kind of got a diminished role, but he said he's ready to go. Sometimes he's going to be on the court with Joel and they're going to make it work. Um, but I like it. And uh, Shake Milton is another guy that, you know, a lot of people like Shake because he does have some ability. He has shown that. And now he's going to have a more prominent role. So, Shake, show us what you got. Well, I think if Shake, uh, if Shake comes out and plays well and this whole adjustment works, they're going to be a, obviously going to be a much better team, I think, if it, if it all happens that way, like, it, like it's supposed to. Um, you know, I, I think I said this a few weeks back. I think that the thing that's going to be – most important for this team and any other team is who adapts the quickest, who gets out of the blocks fast, who plays well. There's no room, there's no time to not play well. So what team gets it together, what team is focused, stays out of trouble off the court, stays in the bubble, doing the things they're supposed to do, and gets ready to play because uh, it's short. You better be on it. Yeah, and the other interesting thing is nobody's going to have a home court advantage because everybody essentially is going to be playing on a neutral court. Sixers were so great at home, 29-2, and two, subpar on the road. Well, now it's going to be a neutral court situation for everybody. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of games in a short amount of time. Fortunately, there's only one back-to-back for the Sixers the way it's slated right now down the stretch. Um, I'm excited. I'll be watching. And just in general, Bill, you know, in August, we're going to have the Phillies playing almost every day. We're going to have the Sixers. We're going to have the Flyers. Eagles will be in training camp officially. And, uh, boy, it's going to be a busy month of August and September. Well, it is, but uh, let's get to the bad news. Uh, <laughs> we, we mentioned last week about the jersey slogans on many of the players will be wearing uh, when the season restarts July 30th. And now they've unveiled their court art, if you will. Um Black Lives Matter up and down the basketball court. Uh, this isn't going to sit well with this fan and uh, a lot of other fans. What You being a little uh, leaner, I won't go liberal, I'll go leaner. Uh, what do you make of this? You oh, didn't, sure. you didn't much, spot, Bill. You didn't much like the jersey move. How do you like the court move? Yeah, I'm not thrilled with it. Um, I know a lot of people are upset about what the NBA is doing with the slogans and the court art, as you put it. And, you know, with the NFL now reportedly allowing players to honor victims of racial violence or police brutality, but uh, not able to honor, you know, fallen policemen or whatever still. So, yeah, there's a lot of people upset. I see whenever you post it, you've got a lot of people agreeing with you, and I understand that. I'm not a huge fan of all that, believe it or not. Some people think because they kind of liberal guy that I'm okay with all that. I'd rather not see all that. I got to be honest. I would rather not see it. But at the same time, I'm not going to get all pissed off about it either. You and the others can, if you want. I'm just going to focus more on the games. Let everybody else bitch and moan about all that stuff. You can criticize me for that if you want. But I'm just going to focus on the games because I miss watching the games and watching these guys play at a high level. I think I know how you feel about it. Well, um, Baseball has joined this circus today, and they are now going to allow, I believe it's slogans or something, a patch, slogan patches on their uniforms. That doesn't make me happy either. Um, 
You know, and, and I guess the thing that bothers me, Chad, I, I really don't care what these guys do off the field and off the court, off the ice. Go do whatever you want. makes no difference to me. But when I work all day and I come home, want to prop my feet up and have a nice tea and watch the ball game, I want to be able to relax and not have anybody else's personal agenda in my agenda. I understand the way you feel, and I have a solution for you, Bill, because I've done this from experience. Drink more craft beer. Is that what it is? Maybe that blueberry and pumpkin stuff or whatever it is you're doing? I'm happy. I'm always happy. I don't let the small stuff upset me. All right. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking more about that along the way. But in the meantime, Chet, how are things going over at the Irish Rover Station House? I saw they had dollar dogs on the menu last weekend. Yeah, and coincidentally, today, Bill, Wednesday, is National Hot Dog Day. I kid you not. Uh, and I actually talked to our friend Christina over at the Irish Rover yesterday. We exchanged a few texts. They're hanging in there. Um, she said it is kind of a challenge, you know, with these new rules now, 25% indoor seating capacity. Uh, there is, though, the outdoor patio area. And uh, they, they still have the great menu, which is good. But as you said, the $1 hot dogs, that is genius. Because that way, you know, they're covering their butts. People are getting some food and having the tasty beers, craft beers or whatever. And they are open now every day, Monday through Wednesday, 3 to 9 p.m. Thursdays, Saturday, uh, Thursday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to midnight. And then Sunday, 1 to 9. So check them out. Give them some business and you know, all the other local establishments. The Irish Rover Station House is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn, and they're on Facebook and on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. And hey, Bill, we have another rock and roller, uh, rock and roll Hall of Famer, celebrating a birthday today. And I believe he headlined your first concert, Yusuf, aka Ken Stevens, 72. These things sound Yes, I do. 72 years old he is, huh? You know, he's 72, or I saw one uh, site that said he's 73. So he's either 72 or 73 as of yesterday. It was actually his birthday on Tuesday. Yep, actually, uh, I think I told you, or I know I told you somewhere around 1974, 75, first concert I ever went to at the Spectrum, Cat Stevens. And it was a great show. That's why I chose Cat. There you uh, go. There you go. Hey, Chet, uh, let's move on. Let's get back to the Phillies real quick, uh, get some predictions on the 60-game sprint. Um, but before we get to the team totals, I'm going to put you to the task here um, with some individual predictions from you. And we're going to write this down because we're going to bring it back to haunt you later on. All right? You want for it? and paper. Let's go. All right. Let's assume Aaron Nola, Jake Arrieta, and Zach Wheeler get 12 starts. That'd be every fifth day for 60 days, right? Uh, that might ha- not happen to Wheeler with the baby situation and all that, but how many wins for each of the big three? All right. I, I did think about this today. I'm going to say Nola is going to be good. Nola is going to go 7-3 and three with two no decisions. Write it down. I am. Zach Wheeler goes 4-4. Four and four. That's all. Jake Arrieta goes 4-4, four and four, and that's if we're lucky. Wow. 15 wins from the big three right there. Hopefully one of the other guys like, uh, you know, Vinny, who teases us every year, or Eflin or Pavetta, hopefully at least one of those guys steps up. But I'm going to say 15 from the big three. Nola with seven. Wheeler gets four wins. Arietta gets four. <laughs> and the bullpen's going to have to win a few games, too. I'm asking a lot. I know, Bill. But what say you? Well, I'm going to say that uh, if you're only getting 15 wins out of the big three, you're not going to be very high on the total win list. <laughs> That's for sure. 
I, I, I'm going to say they have to get eight, at least get eight from Nola. Uh, I'm hoping for five from Arietta. And I'm hoping for, well, if he gets all of his starts, I'm hoping for six from Wheeler. That's really optimistic. And I think, uh, not that I want to be right, but I think I'm going to be closer to being right than you on that one. Well, I'm hoping you're wrong. All right, I next one. Let's get to the offense. Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins, home runs and RBIs. Basically, they're going to play 37% of their games. So let's call it a third. All right. Uh, here's what I got. I have Bryce Harper, 14 homers, 42 RBI. And for Reese Hoskins, I'm going to see a little rebound from him. I'm going to say, you know, over the 60-game season, 11 home runs, 34 RBI. What do you say? I said Harper 12 and 42, and uh, Hoskins 10 and 35. That is very close. Yeah. All right. Final two questions. Who's going to lead the team in batting average, and who will be the full-time DH? Uh, Bryce or Jay Bruce rather does most of the DHing, so that that's not a problem. Jay Bruce will be the DH the majority of the games, I predict. Leading the Phillies in hitting this year, Gene Segura. He's going to hit 298. You know, Gene Segura actually led the team in hitting last year. Really? By one at by one point, by one point. Yes, he did. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out and uh, I'm gonna take a chance and I'm gonna take get that Didi. The Didi's going to be the guy. He's in a contract year. He needs to be good. He's in a bounce back. He's in the National. Well, it's not really the National League now. It's a, it's a mixed league. But uh, I'm going to go with Didi. And uh, I'm going to say Bruce for a while. And Alec Baum is going to get his chance to come up and hit bombs in the big leagues. What's uh, Didi going to hit? What's his average? Oh, I didn't think about that. I'll go uh, 294. 294. All right. Let's so let's get to the team predictions. We got 14 and 18 from Joey Sharon last week. I think we both thought that was quite optimistic. Uh, what do you say? Well, first of all, I love Joey Sharon's optimism, but he might just be a little high. And when I say a little high, you can take that in multiple ways. Sorry, Joey. Uh, I believe the over-under for the Phils remains 31-and-a-half, and because it is a tough schedule, and there are so many questions with this pitching staff in particular, I'm going to go with a perfectly mediocre 30-and-30 30 30 season, no playoffs. Sorry. 30-and-30. 30 30. Well, uh, you were actually more optimistic than me, even with uh, your beat-up top three. I'm going 28-and-32 because after they get through – the first two pitchers, maybe the third, depending on Wheeler's deal. I'm not thinking there's much left. The bullpen is still probably not going to be very good. It hadn't been good in a long time. I'm hoping they can hit. I'm hoping they're going to hit. But uh, who knows? But you got 19 wins coming from their big three starters. So yeah. you only have nine wins from the rest of the guys. Yeah, it's the because bullpen? they stink, Chet. 28-32. Vinny Velasquez. You know, I was going to, just for fun, I was going to throw one more question out at you. Well, I will, just for fun. August, uh, what, what, what are we starting? The 27th? What's, what's Friday's date? Friday's the 24th. 24th. Okay. What date will Roman Quinn go on to DL? <laughs> uh, does, he make it, does he make it to August 1st? 
August 11th. Yeah, he's going to surprise us and make it to August 11th, Roman Quinn. I'm going to write that down. Roman Quinn, August 11th. Oh, it'll be a good season if he makes it to August 11th. That'd be like almost three weeks. Oh, gosh. All right, let's jump over, Chet. Let's give a thanks to our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They've continued to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They've changed some things up with very popular mystery boxes and razzes with just 11 lines. So your chances of winning are 1 in 11. Great odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. And hey, Bill, another birthday I wanted to mention. Uh, the guy playing guitar on this one is turning 55 tomorrow, Thursday. His name is Saul Hudson. He's better known, though, as Slash. <laughs> You know, Bill, that album came out 33 years ago this week, so he was just 22 at the time, uh, talking, of course, about Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. And I should mention, had it not been for the damn pandemic, I would have been at MetLife Stadium last Saturday night seeing Guns N' Roses. Oh, well. Oh, well. Hey, isn't Don Henley's birthday today also? Don Henley is 73. I could have chose him also. Yes, a lot of birthdays today. Uh, Don is 73 today. He's, uh, you know, one of the founders of the Eagles, one of my favorite bands. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Don. Hey, Chet, one, one last Philly thought uh, before we get the season started here on Friday. Is JT Real Muto going to be signed? What are we waiting on? I don't think he's going to be signed, uh, you know, this week. I think they're going to drag this out and hopefully get something done. I don't know if he's looking for, you know, a better deal. If the Phillies are just dragging their heels. I don't know. I think he's going to be a Philly next year, though, but I don't think it's going to happen imminently. Yeah, well, it's time for them to pony up. They better do it. They better do it quick. Hey, Chet, NFL scheduled uh, to report to training camp. They're not ready. It's not working out. Looks like they're going to move towards zero preseason games. Um, They're moving towards no fans, it looks like. If there are fans, they're going to have masks on. They've come up with that today. Uh, and they still haven't gotten to the financial part of this where the owners are wanting the players to take some financial responsibility for the empty seats. They haven't even got to that part yet. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting couple of weeks for the NFL to work all that out. They did agree on a couple of things this week, like, you know, regular testing and all that sort of stuff. And I guess, yeah, no preseason games is a definite now. And that's okay. I think we can all live with that. We want to keep the players safe. Um, but, yeah, if, if they're going to have fans in the stands in, you know, some of the cities and expect them to wear masks, good luck enforcing that. That's going to be interesting to see. Well, well, Chet, if they're going to sell beer, how are they going to wear a mask? <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll have maybe poke a little hole in the mask for a straw for the beer. I don't know how they're going to pull that one off. Yeah, yeah. And, and who's going to be the usher that's going to go down and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, fella. I know you've drank a 12-pack before you got to the stadium, but please put your mask on. Yeah, well, that uh, that usher better be built like the rock Dwayne Johnson <laughs> if he's going to try to enforce it. Well, there's a lot to happen in the NFL, and uh, there'll be a lot of news, I'm sure, between now and next Wednesday when we're back on. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit of chaos, and uh, 
I got a little close uh, look with a little contact uh, involved in an NFL camp, and uh, it's it's not ready to go. It's there's a lot of open ends. Yeah, so uh, I think they're going to pull it off somehow, get the season started on time, and then hopefully the the virus will accommodate. We'll get the whole season in, but they, as you said, they have a lot of work to do over the next couple of weeks. Well, and you know, I think the other thing too that's important is they, you know, they've come up with this helmet mask shield motorcycle helmet looking thing that they want these guys to wear and jj watt who carries a little weight jj watt says i will not wear that or i will not play that's not good for the nfl no it isn't so we'll see what happens we'll see what happens roger goodell and company uh get to work let's go yeah they got they got a lot to do all right, Chet, hey, we've, uh, we modified, updated our Philly Press Box Radio website. You can now watch this podcast. We have our Vimeos, current Philly sports articles, uh, some other articles as well. And we have our YouTube channel up and running, and uh, people seem to like that. Yeah, I like it. Uh, the YouTube channel, I think, is pretty cool. So subscribe to us, please. We need more subscribers we have all 14 of our shows on there now the ones we've done via zoom i'm talking about and tonight's we'll get there likely tomorrow plus lots of other fun stuff including our recent segment in which we unveiled our five new pbr hall of fame inductees you can watch you know just that if you don't want to watch the whole show and also my amazing two and a half minute review from last week of my favorite new to me beers of 2020 you'll want to catch that have a drink of beer while you watch it. Uh, go to YouTube, subscribe to Philly Press Box Radio. And don't forget, if you want to buy one of our fabulous T-shirts like I'm wearing, like Bill's wearing, just go to the website, phillypressboxradio.com. Get the details. We'll get you your shirt in a matter of days. All right. Hey, Chet, uh, I don't know if you can see it, but uh, as we've been doing this, our sound has been great throughout. Uh, we've had some blips in our video uh, because I'm in a lightning storm down here. I think you're in a lightning storm yeah. up there. Uh, so we've done the best we could, the, but the sound's been great, I believe. Um, just a little bit of flickering here and there. Uh, it's got worse as we went on. Early on, it wasn't quite so bad. But um, anyway, we apologize for that, but I think Mother Nature is, uh, is in control of this one. And we're without our regular producer again this week, Billy, but you got another Furman kid uh, taking Yeah, right? Chris, Chris is taking over for us. He's sitting right here, and he's uh, trying to make things run smoothly, and I think they have. In spite of me and you, Chet, things have gone pretty well. Now, who had a birthday this week? Was it Chris? It was Chris. Uh, his birthday was yesterday. There you go. So you're right on top of the situation. You betcha. Well, hey, uh, Chet, Dan Baker, top of the line, first class act. Uh, couldn't couldn't be better as a guest, but you got to do better or try or be equal. So who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Oh, I do have something equally as good, maybe even better. Who knows? We shall see. It's something pretty cool, actually. Here's the lowdown, everybody. If you're a Philly sports fan, there is a good chance you listen to Glenn Mack now and Ray Dittinger every week on a weekend on WIP. And since the pandemic hit hard in mid-March, they have been doing a terrific feature called Tell Us Your Story with a lot of amazing guests. They've had George Foreman, Jay Wright, Bernie Perron, Aaron Nola, Jeremy Roenick, Meryl Reese, Dick Vermeil, and the list goes on and on uh, twice every weekend. Well, with Glenn and Ray's permission, we are borrowing that format for two very special hours. One of those is next week. 
because next week we are going to have Ray Dinger joining us. And our Diddy is going to be with us for an extended amount of time next week talking about growing up as an Eagles fan, his decision to become a journalist, and his now 50 years covering the Eagles. So it's not just going to be Ray talking about this year's Eagles team. It's going to be about, you know, young Ray. It's going to be about him meeting Tommy McDonald, um, deciding to go to Temple and be a sports guy. And then, of course, starting uh, in 1970, one of the greatest Eagles reporters that the city has ever had. So we're going to get the Ray Dinger story next week. It is going to be fantastic, I promise you. Well, it's a great format. Obviously, we've had Ray on a bunch of times. He's always great. Uh, it's a great format that him and Glenn do. Uh, they just had the other weekend had uh, Billy White Shoes Johnson and Herschel Walker yeah. on back to back on a Saturday and Sunday. They were that was great. Two two yeah, great they did a shows. Great job with that, and it's become like really really popular. In fact, people have been begging them, "Hey, sports are coming back. You're going to keep doing this, though, right?" And they said, "Yes, we are," because it's been such a hit. And like I said, they're going to let us do it for two shows, one with Ray and then one probably in about a month with Glenn. We can't yeah. wait. Well, and yeah, and I saw Glenn made a post, I think actually, I think it was yesterday, talking about the, this show and uh, said that the ratings actually went up while sports was not being played. So uh, because they've done a great job with this and uh, we're looking forward to it. It'll certainly be great yeah, to have cool. to have Glenn hey, or Glenn and Ray. We gotta wrap it up. We got three minutes. So, uh, just one quick thing here: semi-parting shot. Um, in addition to the passing of civil rights leader, longtime Congressman John Lewis, last weekend, we also lost a couple of Philly athletes since our last show. Former Flyers tough guy Jack McElarkey, who had two stints with the team, later served as an assistant coach and scout. He died after a battle with cancer. And as Dan Baker alluded, we also said goodbye to a very popular, longtime former Philly, Tony Taylor. He left us last Thursday, I believe it was, due to complications related to the stroke that he suffered last year. Tony played 15 of his 19 seasons with the Phillies, mostly at second base. He was a two-time All-Star, 261 career hitter, a 2002 Phillies Wall of Fame inductee. But beyond that, he was one of the most popular Phillies ever. One of those guys that everybody loved being around, just a great teammate. So rest in peace, Tony Taylor. Absolutely. One other comment that I want to make, Chet, uh, this weekend – last weekend, got to go uh, over to our friend Carl's Cards and Collectibles. Carl Henderson had their uh, Customer Appreciation Day for their 25th anniversary. Bobby Shantz was there, 94 years young, uh, oldest living MVP. Uh, what a great event. And Bobby Shantz, uh, top of the line. Still, still, Chet, is sharp, sharper than me and you. Let's go with that. That's not saying a whole lot, but <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy from what I understand. A couple of final things. Uh, happy birthday to Sonny Hill today, the legendary Philly Sonny Hill, 84 years old. And Alex Trebek, longtime Jeopardy host, still battling pancreatic cancer, but doing remarkably well with it. He is 80 years old today. And finally, Bill, this is very important. This Sunday, I'm going to see you and our buddy Al from the Edge of Philly Sports and uh, Joey Delco. But it's going to be with mixed emotions because it's also a very special day Sunday. It is the birthday of both Mick Jagger and Kate Beckinsale. Oh, Kate making an appearance. A craft beer in their honor. (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, with that, let's wrap this thing up. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Dan Baker. Our sponsor is the Irish Rover Station House, BobSullivan'sLikeYourAge.com. 
PPCC 118 Raz Room and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chechesko, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, July 29th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts and others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Stay safe out there. We have high hopes.